This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 654, brought to you by Harry's. To get your trial shave set, go to harrys.com slash ifanboy right now. That's harrys.com slash ifanboy. And ifanboy listeners just like you. All's my life I has to fight. All's my life I. Hard times like yeah. Bad trips like yeah. Nazareth, I'm f***ed up, homie, you f***ed up. But if God got us, then we gon' be alright. Right. We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We 
my fanboy pick week episode 654 my name is connor kilpatrick this is my co-host josh flanagan what's up the I, put my, I put my thumb up when i did that and i i feel like you can't see it but i wanted you to feel it so then i uh-huh. said it you i did feel it i thought you might I have. felt it more maybe maybe more like a peace sign but I guess you could no. be going for more like a Jay and Silent Bob situation. Yeah, it was more of like a like a Matthew McConaughey and um, Days and Confused kind of like he doesn't he doesn't care about peace. That's not what he's there for. He's just trying to put a vibe out. No, but if he puts the peace sign up, the ladies are into it. Yeah, but it's fake. Right. He's not. Yeah, it's an artifice. I was. Yeah. Okay. The artifice is to get laid. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> we are a fanboy. And we talk about comics sometimes. Sometimes we talk about 90s music and 90s movies. This is becoming quickly, Josh, a 90s nostalgia podcast. Mm-hmm. So just strap in. I, I did. I had the I was doing the math on sort of like bands I really like. And I realized they are pretty much all they were all pretty much formed while I was a teenager. And I was like, oh, it's so typical. Well, yeah. Human human psychology is yeah. typical. Like, even if I didn't know them when I was a teenager. Sure. It still works out that way. We'll get what to that in, in the music section, of the new music section of the show. There is not a music section of the show. Don't don't patronize me. <laughs> Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite book. We call it the pick of the week. We talk about that book, the other books from the week, the patron picks and patron powers. Maybe we have time, listener mail, although we keep going long. We're sorry. It'll be fun, though. Yeah. It's all if good. not for you, for us. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's all I can promise. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be spoilers. Oh. Exercise your caution. And Josh, I am not often shocked by the pick of the week, but this week I can genuinely say that when I saw the email, I went, what? what? Yeah. Uh, pick of the week is Nightwing number 50. That's the pick is by me, Josh Flanagan, not... <laughs> Connor Kilpatrick. Uh, the story, it, would, it would not have been mine. I would just say that. The story behind this uh, is that, uh, listeners, is that, you know, Connor hit me up on Wednesday and he's like, I know you're trying to cut books, but you should read Nightwing 50. And you even said, not even for, for pick consideration, but for a discussion. And I said, yeah. sure. Um, and, and I was uh, originally, I said, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll read it. And I was originally, I was struck by the cover. Um, yeah. uh, the, the, basically... As we go through this, I think that when I read all my books, I had a few other books that were up for the consideration. It was a good uh, week again. Yes, it was. And it, on a roll. A lot of those were books that we talked about before, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was thinking about something that from people who I don't know as well, creators, um, on a thing I don't normally read to, to a thing that I thought was in this in this instance, it really isn't. It, it's a. It's more that I I found it really interesting and intriguing than I found it really really good, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. But that's that's not necessarily a knock on it. It's just that I went, huh? You know, I it made me think a bit, and I thought that's there's some sort of interesting choices being made here that I don't normally see, and that had a lot to do with it. Um, and also just I didn't expect this at all. Um, the last we saw Dick Grayson was. Uh, at the end of the last issue of Batman, he got shot in the head by by the KG Beast, um, which we didn't know at the time. I don't think, but we learned it. We learned it in the next comic yeah. we're talking. But also, I was like, I think that's the KG Beast. Um, One of the best. Well, uh, I'll talk about it later. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's later. In Ten minutes. It's, we'll talk. About yeah, it. and I, 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 to be fair, I actually tried to leave Batman Fifty Six off this list. <laughs> 
because I thought we can't always do it. But it turns out that the either the pick or the next pick is sort of the Tom King memorial slot right now. <laughs> um, well, and there are also some things. We're, let's talk about that yeah, before we get to it's that. It's true. things we're talking about. It. All right. So, uh, and it's interesting because you had mentioned before, like, you know, they, they're sort of rebooting Nightwing. Um, and yeah. it's interesting that they would then shoot him in the head right before that happens. Uh, and, and what we do is we, we, we find ourselves in Bloodhaven. There's a diner. You see um, on the, at the end of the second page, you see Dick Grayson has a big scar on his head and his shaved head. Um, and his eyebrow is furrowed in such a way that well, it doesn't look like the him that we know. Um, yep. And really, that's kind of the whole thing is that we slowly discover. And I really like the method in which we are told this because we are not told Right at the beginning, this is what's happening. You have to live with it for a little while, and and it becomes clearer as you read through the book. And I really like that spoon fed uh, mm-hmm. aspect, as opposed to the tell you everything up front so that you won't be surprised and you won't be thrown off balance. I like being thrown off balance for a little while and trying to piece it together because I'm sure that's actually what the character is going through. So I think it's a really valid choice. Um, there's a robbery at the beginning, and you know he doesn't act the way he normally does, except at the end he does knock the dude out with a coffee cup. Um, which is sort of hero-like because, you know, instincts die hard, I guess. But he's very, very different, and we don't really have an explanation for it. And then we get some flashbacks, and, and I'm not entirely clear on who drew which part. Um, well, Chris Mooneyham uh, and Klaus Jansen, I think, did the flashback. Yeah, so I, I, th- I think that's – I figure you'd know. Uh, Travis Moore did the main story art, and he hasn't been on the book before. Chris Mooneyham has been the regular artist for, for the last couple of issues. So the the but, other but bit... Klaus Jansen did the inks, which is new. So the as as often happens with inkers like Klaus Jansen, it takes on much more of a Klaus Jansen look. Yes. Than than in the past, Mooneyham he looks a lot like Romita Junior. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I you can, can see, see that, here. that here, but but it's also heavily John, Klaus Jansen. Well, either way, from page one, I I uh, you know the scene in the diner, I went, I like this artist. I yes. was instantly impressed by Travis Moore, which is what I figured it was. Uh, and then I, I know the name Mooneyham because once you hear the word Mooneyham, it's, great it's, name. it's hard to forget. Um, and I, I assume that was him in the other bit. And, and yeah, the Klaus Jansen bits are, are, are very obvious and, and good. Um, so there was a very clear visual distinction between now and then, which, you know, isn't entirely needed because the uniform is different, but it works really well in this. Um, and then so you sign of it, you kind of enjoy the past uh, visual, and then you pop back into this different, completely different kind of focus. Uh, you know that that the the visuals have in in the present. You know in Bloodhaven, and this Dick Grayson who is um, virtually unrecognizable up to the point where you know he, he gets a job driving a cab. Uh, he, he's he's sleeping in houses in his briefs. Um, you know Barbara Gordon. There is no way. Dick I know. Grayson wears wears briefs. Right, but this isn't Dick no Grayson. Way. Dick, Dick, Dick Grayson wears briefs. I, I, yeah. Well, though the thing is, he is now a man. So he suffered a lot of brain damage with the with the the the, the skull shot. Yeah. And uh, he has basically no memory of his old self, his old life, and he's a man unmoored. He's getting. He's he's getting. He's doing bare knuckle fights, fight club stuff. He's playing pool in seedy bars and looking like about to get into a bar fight while ladies admire his his behind uh he's riding motorcycles without helmets which is you know a no-no i mean just i i think that, what is this six weeks it's not a long time after he got out of the hospital i don't believe you want to get punched in the head <laughs> in that incident and i did think well, that's just stupid dick 
Um, but you know, he's basically okay, okay. just eschewing everything about his former life, and he's yeah. doing it, uh, you know, with with a great deal of uh, aggravation about it. Um, and and Barbara. She's quite distraught, which I really liked that in that she's, you know, basically the end of her scene was I just I just I miss him. I need him. And I thought that was a really sweet way to do it uh, as opposed to just sort of I don't know. I feel like there's more obvious ways of that they could have done it. And I thought it was that was sort of handled really well because it's and it's it's disconcerting. It's jarring when you're reading it. You're like, why is he being like this? And again, like it really isn't until sort of the last third of the issue where you sort of focus in on oh this is he's really messed up this is not a temporary thing this is not you know in comic book terms um i just i liked the structure i liked the storytelling i liked the art and i liked the bold decision um as opposed to saying let's kill off dick grayson let's they're they're doing a different kind of story with him um you know and you know you're gonna get to the heart of the hero you know who it is in there um, he's kind of a prick, but not not fully. You know, it's not like um, it's not like he's, he's not mean. He's yeah. just kind of a jerk, a little bit. And uh, first of all, it seems like he took the job as a taxi driver so he'd have a house so he can sleep in the car. Yeah, um, which I didn't think I picked up till just this moment because he has been, as you said, sleeping in empty rich people's houses. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Barbara shows up, that's when. Every scene started to break my heart from that moment forward where yeah. she's, you know, she's trying to get through to him and he doesn't really care. He doesn't know who she is. Uh, he takes her to one of her seedy bars where they call him Rick. Yep. Dan Dio finally got his way. This is all got Dan Dio's fingerprints all over it. So it's, I have a hard time. And I don't have, I'm not one of those people that has a problem with Dan Dio on, on, on a business level, but I know he's been gunning for Dick for a decade or more. So this is. This is this this is irksome to me. Well, I will I will take it with a grain of salt though, in that like this stuff always tends to be temporary. And it, it, oh, it, for it, sure. But the moment he 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 gets to win, he gets to call him Rick. Yeah, but they were also calling him Gray. Yeah, but if in and, doing uh, that, you know, you're telling a kind of interesting story and in how this character who, I mean, I mean the, the first flashback, I think I'm I'm gonna flip to it right now. But the first flashback, terrible. you know, Batman basically just says, you know stop showboating or whatever it is you're doing. He's like, no, it's having fun. And that is in contrast to this other guy who just can't figure out what it is that he wants and how to be happy and how to be unmoored. And I just, I I really, I think from a craft perspective, um, I think Ben Percy did a really good job making a comic. No, it's, it's the structure of the book is really terrific. And And that's why I I read it and I was like, wow, I don't know what to make of this. I really like it on a, on a, on a craft level. Uh, It hurts me on a personal level, which means it's it's a successful piece of art because it, Mm -hmm. It drew an emotion, emotion out of me. Obviously, since I love Dick and Dick and Barbara so much, I don't want anything bad to happen to them. But obviously, that can't be the case in a serialized format. So yeah, sure. I know I know that in my in my rational brain, my lizard brain gets really angry reading this. But that's the point. Yeah, they don't want me. No, they don't want Dick Grayson fans to be happy to, when they're reading this issue. That's the entire point of the art. Um, the 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 scene where he's basically turns to her and says, this, "This is my life with the pool cue over his shoulders." With all his ruffian friends behind him. Look at him. the guy like, off on the far right, by the way. That yeah, guy's yeah. trouble. <laughs> the, la- the lazy eye guy, yeah. yeah. It, it it just was like, oh, it was a knife to the gut. And then uh, and then the scene at the end with Barbara back at the Batcave reporting back to Bruce and Alfred what ha- happened in their meeting was also uh, terrible, even with that terrible new costume she's got. And then, um, I guess the, I, we, I didn't even mention the part because this is it's a comic book, but you know the, the subplot here is that uh, the Scarecrow – and and Dick Grayson, you know, have some history that maybe Dick doesn't even know about. But, you know, Robin really made an impact on the Scarecrow. And, and so, you know, this is a, a sort of backstory that was a little formulated that I'm sure will collide with yeah. the present. Um, 
He burned all of his Nightwing costumes. I didn't like that. I was like, oof. That that's, that was maybe the one part where I think I thought that was a little too far. But also, if I'm going to accept melodramatic, like, hey, that's just, that's a, why, you know, there's a better way to do that. That's unsafe. Sell him at least. Yeah. No, not even that. But just setting a fire in the bottom of a building in a right. city, that seems, but, you know, it's a comic book. Reckless. Yes. Reckless. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's bold. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, bold. It, the other thing is that, you know, if you're going to do like a, radical shift on something and you're doing a high concept change um i thought this was a little subtle's not the word but unexpected i suppose um and i and i liked that i it, i didn't see it coming and and it, it it's working so far so uh yeah it was an unexpected pick but sort of when i compared it to everything else um it, it felt like the right one to make so that's why we uh it's a pick i'm gonna need dr fate to come in and wipe this all away it you know it, it, eventually the sands of time will do that so, Having that perspective, by the way, greatly enhances comic book reading, and I, I feel like sure. people don't know that. So for the for Batman 56, Tom King, Tony Daniel, Danny Mickey, Clayton Cowles on letters. We're going to hear that name a lot. Uh, one of the funniest things to me, so this whole issue is about Batman has found out that it was the KG Beast who shot Dick, and he's, he's on the hunt. And uh, so in the issue you just talked about, Nightwing, as you said, you had all these Nightwing flashbacks to when he was Robin wearing that terrible redesigned Robin costume. And that Robin costume is in the glass case as a big dramatic moment. It is awful. You, you mentioned those costumes a lot and I was looking at it going, that's terrible with the backpack straps. It's awful. But uh, in this issue, as we've seen in almost all these Tom King, Batman issues, if you look at page seven, the double page spread, uh, you see in the black, in the glass case, pine Alfred, the classic Robin costume. Why? Because nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Yes, that's correct. Nothing makes sense. None. You, you, you just think at some point editorial would be like, okay, so we know it's terrible, but this is the suit. No. Anybody can do whatever the fuck they want. This was, uh, I thought, a very unusual kind of Tom King story. Yeah, I can see but that. Also, at the same time, very Tom King. In yes. That, it, the, the crux of it was the confrontation between the KGB and his his old asshole father as before he confronts Batman. And that, that was more of the framing device than Batman's investigation. And, uh, I liked it. And I liked the KG beast. He was somebody, uh, the KG beast and the NKV demon were from, you know, old school Batman comics that I read when I was a kid. And I liked those KG beast was always really scary. He had a great costume. Those little short shorts and hairy legs. Who was the guy, uh, the black guy with the lines on his head in the bomber jacket? I don't know who that was. Okay, thank you. Because I almost called you because I was like, who is this? And why don't I understand? And he seems to know everything. He's yeah. got a tiger shirt. It, is it? It could be. Uh, is it Batwing? That, no, it could be that tiger guy. Bronze tiger? I don't know. It's probably bronze tiger. I didn't even notice the tiger shirt, to be honest with you. That's the only but. time I noticed it. It was, it was very. It was very much. Uh, what was your rule about? It's Bronze Tiger. It's Bronze Tiger. Okay. Yeah. The, is the the rule like you don't want everybody calling him Dick or uh, Bruce if they don't know him? Yeah. And I felt like that. Yeah. That well, that that's one of our problems. It's on the list. That's mm-hmm. why it's on the list. That was actually Ryan's contribution to the list. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, only a small circle of people should call him Bruce in at all. And it's even if you know, you should ninja. be. You should be uncomfortable with calling him that. 
yeah, you shouldn't feel good about it unless you're his buddy. And especially not like it's one thing to do it in JLA headquarters. It's nothing to do it in the middle of a fight with a bunch of ninjas. Yeah. Now maybe they're undead. Maybe they don't speak English. I don't know. But the point is, it's dangerous. Bruce and also, look, just identify the guy by name. I mean, I get that I had to look it up on the internet to make sure that was the Bronze Tiger and it is the Bronze Tiger. But like, call him by his name. One yeah, time. Tom King. You hear that? <laughs> I understand that people hate the old comics where you everybody's called by their name and everybody's powers are identified, but it's actually really helpful. Yes. That's how people And it's part you know, of the idiom. Yeah. Like even if it seems unnatural, it's 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 part of the world that we're going in. When your your comic book says Batman on the front, you can you can t- you can avail yourself of some of those shortcuts. He could have just said shut up, bronze tiger. That would work. <laughs> Or, or even if you wanted to modernize it, a little, a little uh, caption box that says, "Hmm, the Bronze Tiger is being forward here." <laughs> yes, I don't like his familiarity. <laughs> uh, as we said last issue, um, I like this new Tony Daniel. Yeah, his Alfred is great. Great Alfred. Great Alfred. Um, really good storytelling here. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, obviously it's done in conjunction with the script, but. Uh, a lot of great variety of angles and close-ups and medium shots. And it's, I like that there's an old-school like uh, trap that the Batman has been put in by Canto from from the Apocalypse. Yeah, like it was, it was I was like, oh, this is like some '70s Neil Adams <laughs> torture. <laughs> great. <laughs> well, that was the, I think one th- one thing Tom King does really well is he plays with time. And it allows him – he does this a lot in Batman where, where he, we sort of get a montage of Batman doing stuff. And we, we, you get to sort of dip in on these kind of crazy things. We don't spend a whole issue of him getting put in this trap. It's just one quick scene. And I like that. It allows uh, fun variety. And that's the fun comic book stuff that he gets to do or wants to do. Just just call him Bronze Tiger. That's all. I, I'm fine with that. I'm glad that it wasn't just me who didn't know. That makes me feel a lot better. Well, I didn't notice the shirt. If I noticed the shirt, I probably would have got it. But for some I time, have no idea who the Bronze Tiger is, by the way. He's one of those kung fu guys. All right. Batman knows all the kung fu guys. But is he uh, recent or is he from like the seventies? He's from like he's been around a while. Okay. He, he's he's uh, I just closed his page, but let's see. He was created in nineteen seventy-five. During the you, you, you'd expect during the kung fu boom in, in the culture, that's when all the kung fu guys came out in the comics, or a lot of them did. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what you thought of Death of the Inhumans, Donny Cates, Ariel Olivetti, Clayton Cowles again, Jordy Belair in colors. So we have the full-on involvement of Beta Ray Bill, some great Beta Ray Bill flashbacks with Lockjaw. But we got the big reveal about who the Vox character is, and then a bigger reveal at the end. I liked it. This was almost pick of the week. Interesting. I, I kind of thought it might be, but I was curious just to think if you thought it was going to be cheap. No, I don't want the Inhumans to die. I don't need them to die in the thing called Death of the Inhumans. I mean, if in the thing a bunch of the characters think that they're dead and that's the story, fine. Uh, I don't want it because that way I don't have to do the they don't disappear. Like they're good now for the first time in, in a long time. Sorry, Charles Soule. But it feels like the Inhumans. So to kill them after you get that seems like kind of a waste. Um, they're sweet. And also, like, I don't like Vox. It's the one part of this I don't like. Mm-hmm. So if they're switching it up that it's just sort of a, 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 a dressing for this creepy and weird Cree science experiment that makes him way more scary, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, Crystal being tied down on the table while there are body parts and disaffected Cree scientists 
that's much more interesting to me than they created a super inhuman. Right. Um, I like so that. So he reveals that Vox was, at least at the moment, Maximus, Black Bolt's brother, who we thought had been killed. Mm-hmm. And then when they reveal that, uh, they we see the Kree preparing another Vox that is Crystal. Right. And um, it was locked? It, yeah, right. But the power was, was locked. So when, they, well. when we've seen Vox kill people, uh, disintegrate them. It a- uh-huh. it actually isn't them being disintegrated. It's Lockjaw's power of teleporting. teleportation, teleporting and them to to wherever the queer. I I feel like they would have recognized that the black the the Inhumans. Yeah, but again, <laughs> comic book idiom. I'll take sure. that. Um, there the one of the best parts in this is that there's basically a flashback on the first couple pages uh, that suggests that uh, Lockjaw and Beta Ray Bill had adventures together. And yeah. there's even a bit where like, and that's a that's a that's this tale that will be told at another time. But in short, they were friends. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's two pages right away that I was super into. I I really I like I like rated Beta Ray Bill in this. I like that everybody calls him Space Horse. I like you know that he's like, do what the fuck you want. I don't care. Like I'm just I'm doing it for the dog. I um, do what I do for the dog would have been panel would have been a panel of the week. For oh yeah, time. no, it, well the that and the sort of the pause panel. I love a pause panel, you know, the silent panel, and then Gorgon whose head is off screen. That is one very angry horse. You know, like it's cheesy, <laughs> but that shit's funny. Um, <laughs> there's there's a ton to like, uh, and uh, Ariel Alavetti is, uh, you know, high is chiefly among there. There's a bit. There's one bit where. I don't know, it's like a in the background you've got Beta Ray Bill and he's up in the air, but his knees are bent and he's kind of in silhouette. Um, and it it totally just reminds me of of sort of a Walt Simonson kind of piece of art. And and mm-hmm. I love that. And then finally Oh yeah, that's the beginning when they're fighting. It totally yeah. looks like, like Simonson feet. Yep. It, on page, it just, page four. That kind of drawing is one of the things like early on in my sort of comic world, I, I would notice something like that. And that kind of foreshortening along with silhouette. I just I I love that. In, in comics um and then there's the there's a the cover for the next issue um by carrie andrews sort of a shaggy uh lockjaw on the ground um and black bolt i was like that's an amazing color although he looked kind of like a pug there but um honestly you know donny cates is the man of the moment right now he's 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 getting a chance to run free and he's he's doing a great job but with with these you know this isn't this isn't reinventing the wheel. No, it's but it's it's though no, that's exactly why it's it's yeah he has found a way to ta- oh he has found a way to tap into the old school Marvel feel we yeah. talked about it before he's got it, he's got it down and it, it it's it's great it's so much it's so much fun uh it's it's really pleasing and then we're, we're like we're not oh, we are talking about that other book uh well so let's moving along uh Cosmic Ghost Rider which is the other book he's doing which is which is much wackier. I think. Yeah, this is his funnier side. His yeah, funnier. but also like, it, and it's funny because the death of the Inhumans. I'm I'm reading it, going other than the fact that Karnak doesn't look like that and shouldn't look like that, and they need to change him back. Um, <laughs> it's all all of that is like reads as oh, this is the Inhumans through this whole Thanos, uh, you know, Cosmic Ghost Rider book. I you know I'm like why is why is Frank Castle talking like this? Yeah, but I'm very able to quickly go. Who gives a shit? Yeah, no, I, I have the same thoughts sometimes. You know, things could have happened in the, in the interview. He's really, years. really old. I mean, I've changed over 40 years, so over however many millennia, maybe he'd lighten up. You know, like, I'm fine with that. Um, I really liked 
I like that what happened in in this book I didn't expect but did expect but not the form in which it happened. Uh, so basically, we we sort of find out that uh, the baby Thanos that Frank Castle is raising grew up to sort of be a Punisher figure, and he appears to have made the world uh, a perfect wonderland. Um, but then there's another side to it, and. There's, there's a little bit where like Thanos is like, I'm punishing them. I'm not killing anybody. I'm punishing them. And 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 Frank Castle is like, you can't do that. And they're like, that sounds really weird coming from you. <laughs> you know, like I just like that it's circular and it doesn't make sense, but it recognizes that it doesn't make sense. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, the the the, the, the cliffhanger in the last issue was that adult Punisher, adult Thanos shows up and he's Thanos. Yeah. It shows up and he's got the Punisher uniform on. He says, "Come with me if you want to live." Basically, and they go through a little portal to his his world, and and is so much a it's it's interesting because it's it's the whole time travel thing, right? So there's a grave for old Punisher, mm-hmm. but young Punisher is young Frank Castle is alive with his wife in this new world because Baby Thanos saved him, saved his family from getting killed. Uh, which for a second threw me. I was like, "Wait, I thought he's dead." Oh, right. That's yeah, but then he's also like, "Well, then why am I here?" You know, and like, and and then and then it like doesn't matter. Make him fight. Well, that's the whole thing. That's the whole time travel thing where you just go, yeah. ah. But I also liked how quickly, like, well, I guess we're gonna have to fight now. And and there's not like a well, they wouldn't be fighting so they just do because that's what's supposed to happen in this comic. Fathers book. and sons come to conflict mm-hmm. often. And then Especially and then finally, like, I think Dylan Burnett is fantastic. Yeah, he's incredible. And this is just a, a beautiful book. It looks exactly like it's supposed to look. Yeah, no, I, I, he's a he's a terrific talent. I'm curious to see what it does next um, because this is a miniseries that's about that I think has one more or two more issues. Yeah, and, and, the, uh, and the color also, uh, Antonio uh, Fabella. Um, I think the color works perfectly. Uh, for don't forget artist. Clayton Cowles. On his yeah, this is book. this is the third book in a row that Clayton Cowles is lettered uh, that we've spoken about. So people it's need Clayton to Cowles's know that. Cowles' world, and we just. Read his dialogue, and we just and we just see that he's properly kerned. Uh, it's the, I'm glad you got me to read this. Um, Donny Cates was just announced uh, uh, near Comic Con this week, and he's doing Guardians of the Galaxy with his old buddy uh, Jeff Shaw, I think. Oh, cool! Who did, uh, who did uh, Thanos? The Thanos book, and did and did his image book. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Um, yeah, and that, that's that's a good time with uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider. And Cosmic Ghost Rider is going to be on the Guardians of the Galaxy. So more time travel, apparently. <laughs> Unless it Whatever. takes place it's really awesome. far in the future. All right. Uh, 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 we're going to talk about Tony Stark Iron Man number four. Okay. We're talking about this series again, which I am now actively hate reading. Wow. And for a man who's trying to drop books. <laughs> I can't help it. I want to understand it, and I can't. Dan Slott, Valerio Shitty. I just don't think you like Dan Slott's writing, which is fine. I, I, I'm, I'm conflicted by it because you're right. There are parts of it that I, I act like I really think the structure, I think the structure and the concepts are all really good. There's a very low, there's a very small level of execution which just baffles it grates, me. It grates you, grates on you. It does, and and I, I, it's almost like I find that conflict irresistible. And it, like, it, like I'm watching what he's doing with this, and I can't tell if he's a genius or he's an idiot. Well, I mean, he's clearly he's clearly good at it. I mean, he's been writing yes. these comics for a long time. I thought his Silver Surfer comics were legitimately great. Yeah, I didn't 
I've I liked his Spider Man stuff in the beginning. I got sick of it after a while. Mm-hmm. It just kept it felt like the tonally just kept going in, in circles, and that was like for fifteen years. This I'm enjoying, but if you told me it was being canceled tomorrow, I would just sort of shrug my shoulders and move on. Um, yeah, I don't know how soon I'm gonna I don't know how long I'm gonna keep up with it. And there's there's definitely there's bits where like some of the it's I, I really the dialogue is is has a lot to do with the fact that like it's just not like the jokes just aren't great they're just it's 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 like there's a level of it that's highly unsophisticated it's shtick it yes but again we, I, we've been we've been talking about this over and over that sort of the idiom of comics the world like that's not necessarily bad if i had read this if this had come out 30 years ago and i read it now i'd be like this is great mm-hmm. I, I really think that now I, genuinely i think that the themes and the plotting and the construction of it is pretty good uh, I, like, I like I like putting Tony and Janet together. I wasn't sure how I felt about that because they have had these ro- romances or flirtations in the past. I really like the scene where she shows up and he's got the machine on his head that shows his, his thoughts. So when she shows up, he gets sort of busted. Yeah, I like that that bit. Um, and this whole thing is about how some nefarious or, nefarious organization uses a dating app to infiltrate uh, Stark Labs or whatever the company is. And get every you know get everyone dating robots. Yep. That are per- perfect matches for them, and then unleash the robots, and it's fine. Then, they, but there's like a weird bit where uh, he's he's checking out Jocasta's brainwaves or something, and then there's this little bit where she's like, "And while you're very attractive by human standards, that's not my." And then she's like, "Well, you were fondling my brain," and like I was like, "This is just weird." I don't listen. Robot human rights is a bridge too far for me. You don't, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's necessary. Like, I, I think I see the point of it, but I, I get that that's a metaphor. But like, yeah, they're robots. They're literally not people. Although, see, to me, I think, I think I find, I find it more interesting that Tony, who is now kind of a artificial version of himself, kind of like that's mm-hmm. the that's the question of him, which I like. I think that's interesting. Like that he would have feelings towards Jocasta for one reason or another, and then that's a thing that they would explore because I know it's kind of creepy, but it's not like she's a, an animal or something. And also, it's not like there's not a ton of precedent for it in the Marvel Universe. Sure. Um, and, and if she's talking about the sort of viability of artificial intelligence, at, this is – I mean this is just me rewriting something that was done. But it felt like that's what they were leaning to, and then here they took an, a, a really fast left turn away from it. I think that's where some of that hesitation is. Um, also, uh, when he turns the scooter into an Iron Man suit, I, th- I, I groaned and I threw the iPad down. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's bad. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't have done that, but I, I had a moment of, oh, fuck this. So you're going to keep reading it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, it's fun to talk about and, and people can, <clears throat> I, I mean, assume this is why people show up. It's sort of the end of the first arc, I guess. Yeah. Which is only four issues, which is interesting. Um, it's because it seems like it closes, the, you know, the, the loop on what they've been doing the first three issues with all these relationships. And his mom is now, I guess, dating the uh, the other scientist guy that they introduced, Bang. Um, and but I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what this book is is yet. Really. It's very chaotic. I mean, that's that's the point. Like, I I feel like in order to dismiss it, I need to wrap my head around it and figure out why I'm dismissing it. And also, and this is the art is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like Valerio Sheet is doing it in sort of a, it's almost like a romance comic. 
Yeah. Like the way that it's drawn and like all of the poses, like, like Tony Stark has that same, I don't know. It's great acting, but, but it's a little cartoony. It's a little exaggerated and everybody's kind of doing it. There's a lot of that, like the, the pose of the presentation of, huh? How about this? You know, with the eyebrows up and the hands out, like there's a lot of that in this from different characters. And it's, it's great acting. It's a little repetitive, but I'm fine with it. Yeah. So there. It's 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 interesting. It's interesting, that's for sure. Let's take a very quick talk about Harry's, and Josh and I both love Harry's. We've been using it for years. I I use it I use it this morning. I'll be using it this weekend when I travel. I'll be taking the travel uh, cover with me. There was just a post in our, our private I fanboy Patreon Facebook group about Harry's. Someone showing off their 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 travel cover. They were genuinely impressed. It's a good design. It's nice. It's a smooth shave. It's comfortable. It's got a nice weighted handle. Everything about it is well considered. That's what I like about. about I mean, I, I like good design. I appreciate good design. Well considered design. And that's what you get with Harry's. You get well considered design. It's true. So Harry's Harry's stands find the quality of their blades. They know there's and they know that switching razors isn't an easy, easy decision. So they created a trial offer. You can claim yours by going to Harry's.com/ifanboy. Harry's delivers a close, comfortable shave at a fair price. Harry's founders were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with necessary features. The new great shave comes down to great blades made of the sharp, durable steel that lasts. That's why they bought the factory that's been making highest quality blades in the world for 95 years. By selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer these blades at a price much lower than the leading brand, just $2 per blade compared to $4 or more. And they have a quality guarantee, which is great. If you don't love their sh- your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a full refund on your order. No questions asked. You can get your $13 value trial set it comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, which is a uh, weighted ergonomic handle, the five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lather and shave gel, travel blade cover, all that for $13, $13 value in that trial shave set. And it's, it's a trial set because like, if you're like me, I get the subscription, so I get new blades every month, which you can do. You can just get a set, and that's great. But you're, I think you're going to be so impressed with the, with, the, with the razors, you're going to want more, which is what I do. And it's always a great day when the new box arrives. So here's what you do. Here's how you get your trial shave set at harrys.com slash ifanboy. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash ifanboy to redeem your offer and let them know we sent you and help support the show. We do appreciate everyone who does that either directly to Harry's or on social media, attacking Harry's, letting them know where they got it. It helps, it helps them want to support the show, which is great because we need it. We're very needy. Very extremely needy. I want to talk about Justice League number nine uh, because I think Justice League number two was my f- – was the pick of the week? I believe there was a Justice League, or was that the, the miniseries? There was a Justice League pick. Of I the week. don't know, <laughs> but this is my favorite issue. Okay, because this was the wacky comic stuff you were talking about earlier. Did you read this? No. Okay, so this was basically the League having moved into the Hall of Justice, and it, it's a it's a, there was a couple of one shots this week, I think from DC, and this was another one where we sort of get a look at the Hall of Justice. And this is Scott Snyder. This is Jorge Mendes. Meanwhile. Sorry. And uh, it's very much a, a, like a mashup of Super Friends and Justice League Unlimited and a bunch of other things. So like, there's like a public side. And also um, uh, the, the cartoon Young Justice. Is that the one? Hmm. That's one uh, that's coming back to DC Universe. Anyway, there's like a public side of the Hall of Justice where you can go and you can get tours you can see uh, the costumes and stuff, and there's a funny little welcome message from the Flash, and and then we get to, we we go behind the scenes, 
and they have a giant cafeteria full of superheroes eating lunch, which I loved. It's pretty great. Including a chef who um, is a great, he's got a great patron power. He's a, he's a chef named Ferdinand. He's a giant bull. And he can, he can replicate any food from any place in the world. Ooh, that's nice. So John uh, Stewart gets a burger from his favorite burger joint in Detroit. And it's that burger. Is there, so, are there copyright issues? I don't know. But uh, so you've got the Justice League there. You also have Justice League Dark in the cafeteria. And you have some of the Titans because they have their own little space in the building. It's sort of like a superhero. It's almost like they took the superhero satellite idea from Justice League Unlimited and just put it into the Hall of Justice where they all are always hanging out there. Mm-hmm. I like so that you, too. There's all this. There's all this business in the background of the cafeteria as we as we focus on uh, Green Lantern and Flash talking. But I love that idea. And then we move on and we see every heroes from the Justice League. They're, they're they all have their own area, not so much a room, but they have a, a, a domain they call it. Mm-hmm. And so we see Wonder Woman setting up her domain, and and we see Arthur's, which is all water. It's, it's got a giant Atlantean structure, but it's also got his dad's fishing boat, which is where he actually sleeps. And then we see Clark's room, which is kind of like uh, set up like a reporter's office. And then Batman's, we don't see inside, just the, on the door, it's painted keep out, the bat signal on it. And then uh, uh, we see Flashes, which is mostly the workout because he doesn't really need it because he can run home really fast. And Green Lantern, John Stewart's set up like a temporary army tent. He's got like a cot and stuff. And John's is, is, is shape shiftable. And Hawkwood Girls is all, is all uh, trophies. And I just like seeing into everyone's little world and then there's there's a brief conflict where i guess the moon blew up and that'll happen superman puts it back together it's just a little one shot that in the midst of superman fixing the moon we get to we get a a tour through the hall of justice and it's just like a really nice one shot with terrific or him and as art i really like this issue this was this would have been either pick or runner-up okay pick of the week for me because it doesn't have dan nadia's sloppy fingerprints all over it In this world, he's still Dick Grayson. <sighs> uh, let's let's travel to to the streets of Boston in the nineties. It's a nineties show. <laughs> um, Dead Rabbit number one out from Image Comics, written by written and created by Jerry Duggan and drawn and co created by uh, John McRae. John hmm. McRae uh, of of Hitman uh, fame, yeah. as well as other things. But but I'll, I'll also he's great. He's great. And, and his, his style is it sort of changes from project. This doesn't look like Hitman. If you were to tell me this is the same guy, I wouldn't really realize it. There's a couple of parts, but yeah. that's there. That's very like the first page, the first shot is very Hitman esque. But then after that, it, it doesn't. It's yeah. Um. So basically, this is the story of a sort of uh, famous uh, c- criminal who isn't really a vigilante. He takes from the good and the bad and rob- robs everybody. And he was he was a robber, basically. Uh, and he wears a mask that's black and has little X's on the eyes that are red. Um, Boston from, flat cap. Yeah. Yeah. He's from Boston. So, you know, he's like, give me your fucking money. <laughs> um, and then he created a bunch. He did a bunch, string of robberies uh, and then disappeared. And so he's he's turned into not really like local mythology because there's there's evidence that he existed. But, you know, like a story like this thing this is the thing that happened and disappeared. No one knows what happened. Local um, legend. Yeah. yeah. And so we. Come to the the present, and we find out who he is, what he was doing, why, you know, the situation. Uh, but he's getting a little bored with life, and he he gets back into the game, both for necessity and just because, uh, you know. Well, he's out of money. Yeah. Uh, they, the news thinks he stole ten million dollars. So does the mob. Yeah. The Boston mob, and he either did and spent it all, or he didn't. Either way, he's basically out of cash, and he's got a wife who's got special needs, 
was expensive. And his Walmart job, his greeter job at Walmart, because he's a middle-aged man now, he it's, it's, it's a very simil- similar tale to something like uh, uh, Equalizer, where he, he stumbles across a crime. He, noticed, he recognizes a fellow criminal who's buying all this equipment that you would use to, to get rid of a body. Mm-hmm. And so he ends up throwing the mask back on and becomes becomes that vigilante we talked you know that he wasn't before by, yeah. by ends up saving a bunch of kidnapped girls uh, in a Boston townhouse. So I like this a lot. I, I I did, but I wanted to like it more than I did. Yes, I liked it. I didn't love it. I like. I it. feel like the, I I think the thing that that was. I think it was drawn to look like a superhero. Mm-hmm. The costume yeah. that that yeah. sort of signifi- signified, but I don't think it needed to be. Yeah. So I think there was that element. It's it's almost like it's not exactly the same as if I complain that there's a supernatural element and something that doesn't need to be there. But I feel like this could have been a little more straightforward. You didn't need to have a costume and mask. But but that's minor. Well, it, gives them, it gives them a mythological presence that makes them to the legend. Yeah, just, I, I get that. If the guy robbed people, he wouldn't be getting specials in the news when the anniversary. I know. I know. I, 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 I get all that. I just think. I just, I always crave for like, let's make it more real. Like if I was reading a crime novel or something like that. That being said, um, great John McRae. I think Jerry Duggan has a ton of, um, uh, uh, like he's just very diverse. Like he's got a ton of range and I, and I'm kind of always impressed by the different stuff he does. And I, I like, like I, I get a sense of what his aesthetic is and how he's getting to explore little bits of it all over the place. He, he really likes different genres and things like that. So it's pretty fun. It wasn't great. It wasn't going to be pick of the week, but but I'll, I'll I'll keep reading it. Let's talk about what been my pick of the week. Really, Lone Ranger number one, huh. written by Mark Mark Russell, art by Bob Q. And uh, I loved this so really? much. Really, I loved everything about it. Okay, let's talk about Bob Q first. I really liked his art. I I know he. All, we'll talk about him next in a second, but it had it, it's. A lot of times with the Dynamite books or with IDW books or Avatar, when you get to that that tier of publishers, the art can be unprofessional. It can be really bland. But I think there's a nice edge to this. The storytelling is really strong. I like his character work. I think he's really talented. And I was really happy to see. Because I have read a lot of the the Dynamite Lone Ranger books in the past, and they all, they always have not had good art. Well, what's funny about that is we're going to be talking about Bob Q on the next book, too, because um, Connor and I was like, wait, is it? And I noticed this uh, when I was setting up the script, that I was like, oh, wait, it's the same guy. Um, but he's not a comic book artist. No? Uh, no, he was a, I, I think he's like a design guy. Jeff mentioned it. I, I was talking to him before, before the Jeff Parker mentioned it in the conversation I had with him on the Talksplode, you know, that he's not a guy who traditionally comes from comics. And I was like, well, shit, <laughs> like he, he knows what to do. Yeah, he's good. Um, and I love that. I think that what's happened here is that Dynamite's just like, we need to lock this down <laughs> now. <laughs> like, that's the thought I got. Like, he doesn't know. Just keep him busy so he doesn't go anywhere else because he's 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 frankly above the quality of, of a lot of what they get. Yeah, for sure. That's um, why I was really happy about it. Um, I I liked this a lot. Um, I I was looking for to see sort of what Mark Russell did. In terms of, you know, we know him as as a satire, comedy, uh, you know, social issue kind of thing um, that he does. And this was much more straight and flat. I think that if I had any – that's that part is not a criticism. Um, but although I did – there were bits of him sneaking out in there. Well, I mean the, the, that part was pretty heavy in the the bad guys sitting around the – bad, the bad rich guys sitting around talking yeah. about – 
running the country and the plant, the whole extended metaphor about how the country should run like a plantation. That right. Was pretty but it was, Russell. it was, it was appropriate allegory of the time, you know, like it, sure. it fit in with what that was. And you're absolutely right. That being said, I think that if I had a criticism of the whole thing, it was that, um, it was a little like, like it was kind of basic. I was like, I feel like I've, I've read this Lone Ranger before. Now this is just so far. Like it, it's interesting because I I really thought I liked it because it was very unusual in that okay you you know we, more than me so we first of all the Lone Ranger he's by himself with Silver and I like that it was kind of like clearly he's not the young Buck Lone Ranger he's kind of like uh, okay mm-hmm. and Tonto's nowhere to be found until the very end and there's, apparently there's been some sort of uh, rift between them and so I like that part of it. And that it wasn't revealed. There's been there was a lot of silent flashbacks here as people were talking, which I liked. We saw how difficult it was on Tonto being the Lone Ranger's partner, and so clearly something has broken them up. And he he goes to Tonto for help in this particular problem that he's dealing with over these these rich guys uh, causing murder. He says basically he basically he decides to help him, but very reluctantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also like the story of the range. So this is a pivotal yeah. moment in in the country in which the open range becomes fenced off and there's, there's a great Kevin Costner movie called Open Range about it um where where rich guys started fencing off their land and even fencing off other people's land as we see here mm-hmm. and uh the politicians help them do that no oh, well maybe we'll just draw the map based on your fences as opposed to what you actually own and and uh the, I also really like there was Mark Russell flourishes like the the horse having a tattoo of the property lines on it was also very Mark Russell-y. But mm-hmm. I just I like the the concept the the open rangers versus the the fenced in people and and uh, the, uh, there's clearly going to be some conflict between the Lone Ranger and, and Tonto and I thought this was terrific I loved, I loved the art I really I was really happy to read it Lone Ranger is one of my favorite I know I know and I think th- I I just think that I I wasn't sure what to expect and I don't know if it was what I expected and so I just need more time with it. But I'm going to absolutely nice read happy it. medium because, I mean, The Lone Ranger isn't appropriate to write like Flintstones or Snagglepuss. Yeah, no, and I didn't want but that. But it's also more, you know, when he, when he did that Superman short, yeah. right? It was – that was very kind of bland. This is a very the much in the middle where it's got traditional straight-up superhero stuff but also oh. and it has very heavy dollop of the social commentary satire that we, co- that we know, that really love from him. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I just wasn't quite wowed, and I think I wanted to be. I get um, it. But, but again, first act, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was good. Uh, over to James Bond origin number two, uh, art, and, art and Color by Bob Q, uh, who has done some comic work, but I, I still don't – I think he's a relative newcomer. Um, uh, written by Jeff Parker. Um, this is uh, young James Bond recruited into the special service uh, during World War II? Yeah. Yes. So this, this would be uh... – in canon with the novels, I assume. I think so, yeah. Um, I just, I really, really like this, and and I liked, I like the, I, I like the art on both stories, but in like this art is really good in the other one. But since I guess I was resonating with this a little more, I just like this art is fantastic. The whole time I was, I was just, I was just, I just really dug it. And again, it's one of those things where like there's no costumes, so everybody's just got to be a person. It can get a little tough to tell people apart, but I could always sort of pick out who James Bond was, and it. It isn't James Bond. They're not drawn him to look like whoever, but which is good. Uh, but I, I kind of know, you know, I know who he is, and I liked the story. I, I liked the building of what this was, and 
these uh, special service recruits, you know, for this new um, branch that isn't known before. And and then there's just basically a, a set piece at the end where the everybody's told that there's a uh, one, there's a spy among them and how that plays out. And that's what they use to judge, you know, who's got their head about them. Mm-hmm. And I, I just liked how all that played out. I thought it was really well done. I read the first issue. I didn't love it, um, but I might. Maybe I'll go back and read this one. It's good. It's just fun. I mean, it's it's a, it's one of those I like I just don't know if I need this story. I mean, basically, his origin happened in Casino Royale. You know, that was all right. All right. I think about it like this. Imagine it's not James Bond. Imagine it's a Queen and Country story. Sure. No. No. That and, that may be. That may be. That may help. That happening. You know, just that makes it work a hundred percent for me. The fact that it is James Bond. I'm not. Like, I like James. I'm not a super fan. I don't really know a ton about it. I watch them, but I don't, you know, you know, I, it's not super important to me. So I'm very flexible with it. Okay. Uh, I can read the next part now then. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash ifanboy to help support the show. Um, we have added to the next stretch goal. In addition to the no- monthly non-comics media podcast, we will upload all of the missing full-length video shows and minis to our YouTube channel and re-embed them on the website. That is a uh, Herculean task of, of much effort required. Um, and, and we have made some, we've made a little progress on there. So let's, let's keep it going. Um, and, and, you know, everybody who has, uh, contributed so far, of course, gets to, uh, vote on the patron pick, um, which is going to be coming up and, uh, you will, uh, also just help support the show and the thing that you like and, and that keeps things going. And it's, it's a really big deal. And so we thank the people who have done that. Uh, there's other ways to do it too, though. You can go to our t-shirt store at ifanboy.threadless.com. That's right, um, where we have seven current designs up now. It's starting to feel like it might be time for something new, and we're aware of that. Just need you to know that. We were discussing it. We mm-hmm. don't know if we have a, a design we really love, but we're discussing it. Yeah, but we're not going to just push things out until yep. we have something we really like. Um, but you can check out the stuff that's up there. You can get to put on a T-shirt, a sweatshirt, a long-sleeve T-shirt, a premium T-shirt. I don't remember what they're called. Tri-Blend, I think. Those are nice shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, or other items. Uh, the phone case. is. I've been, I'm eyeing one. I'm thinking, ooh, that's. No. You should get the GDAT one. I really think you should. Yeah, I know. And that's one of those great. What is that? That's GDAT. Is that Tom Hanks? Yes. <laughs> no, it's not. Just walk away. Uh, it isn't. It's it's Tom Hanks ish. Um, it's, some, it's someone who might recall him, but it's definitely yeah. not him. Uh, or you can go to ifanboy.com slash support. Uh, the old PayPal link is still there if that's the thing that you'd like to do and you, you want to send a little dosh our way we'd appreciate that um, or go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon crucial during these months uh, there's a link to buy all the books on our Booksplodes we make sure that we link the Pick of the Week book on every Pick of the Week post um, so if you want to buy that uh, or you know that'll lead you to buy anything else as well as the general link to Amazon um, all that stuff together uh, really makes a big difference to us um, and we thank everybody who has taken part of it now as we said, you would get a chance to vote on your on the patron pick every week if if you are a patron. And this week, they screwed us. Well, sometimes the patron powers are used for good. Sometimes used for evil. Mm-hmm. This week, we had a tie in the patron pick. As Josh said, everyone who's a patron can vote on patreon.com slash ifanboy to add a book to the rundown. And we've had a couple of ties throughout the years, and that's fine. So the good news with the tie is we can spend less time on some of these books, like the first one, Batman the Max Arkham Dreams, number one. Sam Keith was one of the two patron picks, and uh, the Max is a character I've never really responded to. I read some of the book, Max books in the 90s when they first came out. Like as a, I think I tried all the new Image books when they came out. 
And uh, our old co-host, Ron Richards, huge Max, huge Sam Keith fan. So it's unfortunate he's not here. Um, Sam Keith is someone who certainly has talent. He definitely has an artistic point of view. He doesn't look like anybody else out there. I would never call him untalented. I just don't like these stories in, in any shape or form. I don't, I don't like them. Connor, I didn't he, like them as a kid. I only read a couple issues in the Max. Uh-huh. Just what he does, I do not respond to. I think his art is terrific. It's not necessarily my thing, but I, I would never say he's not talented. Um, it's just I just don't like it. I also don't like it. <laughs> I've never liked it. I never got it. I didn't watch it. It was on Liquid TV. I've looked at the comics. I've read Sam Max since Sam Keith stuff since then, Max and non-Max, and I, I, I don't understand it. It feels like one of those things that is supposed to be smart and poignant um, and isn't. Like I, re- I really like I, I, it's it, for a little while. I was like, well, maybe I'm missing something about this. And I'm really talking about the 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 storytelling or what it is. Like I just don't understand it. It just seems really surreal, and I don't I don't know if there is a point. Maybe that's what people enjoy about it. The art is a a little more subjective. Um, I can I can see the there. I can see what people would like about it. I don't really like it though. Um, there's a bit. There's one. There's one bit. So now that we've just equivocated the shit out of everything, we could probably talk about the book. But there is one book where uh, Batman is standing next to whoever the evil doctor is guy. And like his face is really pushed out forward, like unrealistically, like a, like. He, and, but you can actually see the outlines uh, of his skull beneath his weird face. Uh, uh-huh. And I and I and I did recognize that. And I was like, oh, that's really good. And there's bits of like there's bits of craft. Um, he's got the craft. It's absolutely there, but it's filtered through a Sam Keith, you know, filter and um mm-hmm. he does he has a he's really good at texture i feel like like yeah, you yeah. get you get a sense of what things feel like if you were to touch them uh in a way that that is is great the max itself i don't understand in any way yeah I, I, the thing about his art is it it sort of ch- feels like it changes medium even in the issue itself like it's more standard drawings and there's paintings and i don't mind that no, which I like, and I think some of it works better. Than, I like his painted stuff way more than I like his sort of real traditional drawing stuff. The more surrealistic, actually, the more surrealistic it gets, the more I like it mm-hmm. in the art in the art side. It's it's the storytelling I just not not really into, and uh, I, mean, I like looking at it. I I just don't the reading it gets the reading of it doesn't do anything for me. I the best part of this comic was when I opened it up. It's at sixty pages, and I really really shouted at everything like the universe. And then I realized it was 26 variant covers in this digital file. And then there was a bunch at the end. So it was only actually 20 pages of story, but, uh, which was annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I just did not like this. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not a Sam Keith guy. He's, he's talented. People love him and God bless him, but I just don't. uh, Yeah. I, I, I mean, just in general, like I, I, I read it, I read every bit of this and I don't know, what the point of it? And I knew, and I knew it's, it's terrible. I'm sorry. I knew going in, I was like, I'm gonna hate this. Uh, and uh, you know, I didn't hate it. I just don't care. And uh, it, like Batman's not, in it. This doesn't work. I don't. I mean, okay, Batman's in it. I, I guess that's an enticement. It's kind of interesting, but it doesn't doesn't last however many pages it is to get through it for me. All right, should we do ratings now or ratings? Ratings. Ratings out of five. Two. I'm gonna give it a. 
2.745. I know what you're doing right now. Only because uh, I think he is a talented artist. I like his art. I just mm-hmm. don't like the stories. Yeah, I mean, but ultimately, if I don't care, then what's the point? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I'm not going to read anymore. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. So I wasn't going to read this, that book at all. I was going to read the next uh, the next co-winner of this week is the Umbrella Academy Hotel Oblivion number one from Gerard Way, Gabriel Ba, Nick Filardi, Nate Picos. And love the Umbrella Academy books, the first two series. One was just the Umbrella Academy. The second one was Dallas. At least those are the ones I read. I don't know if there's more than that. I think there was just the, the two. The problem is those the last one I think came out nine years ago. And this book does not help you. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have time to go back and read where we'd left off. All that I remembered was that I really liked it. We all did. I really, really liked it a lot. It was yep. book of the month, one of the collections. It was, I mean, Gabriel Ba, him and his brother. Bobby I know that he didn't, his brother didn't do anything with this book, but they are terrific artists. Some of my favorite artists and people working in comics in mm-hmm. general. I love the way this book looks. I always buy their their indie stuff. But um, it, I, I can't even know. I don't even know if I can say I, what, how I felt of the story because I'm just so lost. I, I, I guess I, that's this detriment. But I, I feel like if I if I read the first two books recently, I may I may love it. But yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, and I feel like I'm almost doing a disservice because I started reading it and I was like, I have no idea what this is, and it's it had been such a long time, and and I don't know if that's my failing or the failing of the work. Well, I mean, but I did there's, decide. There's I mean, an argument I'm, on either side where if it's a sequel. And then the last chapter came out nine years ago. Maybe you should have a recap page or something, you know, for help you, to help your readers along. Or they could just say, look, this is the sequel. If you want to know what happened, go read the first two. Yeah. I, 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 I can respect yeah. both choices. But I decided but, that I thought, well, I, we're going to see if how the work stands on its own. And I've, yeah. I, I know for a fact that I really enjoyed those last two. So yes. let's go for it. And, and a, a, you know, not too long into it, I thought, uh-oh. And and it's left me in a position where I I find it very hard to judge. Yeah, I, I'm almost gonna have to asterisk this rating. Yep. Because I would I actually do it. It did maybe want to go back and reread them because I did really love them. The problem is they're in the storage unit in some random box of books. And I'm never gonna be able to find. Yes, them. But, exactly. Because it was uh, a decade ago. The Umbrella Academy Hotel Oblivion number one. I'm going to say I'm gonna go right down the middle. And say, no, two, that, that, I can't go down the middle because that's two and a half. I'm going to say three stars with an asterisk because I can't go any higher than three because as beautiful as it looked, I was really lost. However, I feel like if I, read, if I had read the other books previously, I might like this more. So I'm going to say three asterisk. Two and a half asterisk. I can't go lower than three just from the art alone. I know, but like I, I was ho- – I thought it's – like I thought that – I mean one thing that I think is a valid is that – if you're coming back after that long, you're doing your thing. There should be a hook in it that grabs me just because it's a story on its own. Yeah. And that didn't happen. End of the day. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I had to do a lot of uh, like, oh, right. There was like little kids with numbers on them and now they're right. older. And like there's a lot of like digging through the deep recesses of my my head. And then I think – Reading the little in the back during the dark, you know, the dark horse back matter, not the back. There's a little like plot summary of this issue that I just read. That's like in the solicitation part. I'm like, oh, 
That seems more familiar, but still. I mean, I also don't think it's invalid to sort of point out, like, I've read a bunch of Gerard Way stuff since then. You know, since the Umbrella Academy, and I have not connected with any of it. I, I I like his stuff. I love. Yeah, it. no, I I, I get Which that. Which is but fine. Everyone's everyone's different. It looked it looked good. You know, like they haven't lost a step, or or I, I want to refer to them as brothers, but it's just the one on this one. Yeah. So there you go. There's the patron pick. Patreon.com/slash/ifan, where you can go and vote to add a book to the rundown every week on the show. And let's also thank patrons. Every week, we like to thank the patrons who support the show by giving them a superpower if they give it a five dollar or higher level anyone can vote for the patron pick at any level but if you give it a five dollar or higher level uh you can get a superpower on the show live sometimes we're prepared sometimes we're not josh which one are you this week kyle southcomb is able to button and unbutton things um with blinding speed so interesting uh, so he can undo buttons his own, his own or any buttons any buttons uh, should that be a thing that he wants to do? But let's just let's just say, for example, it's at the end of a long day, and you, you're doing your laundry, and you get to the you get to the button down shirt that you've washed, and you go, Ugh, you have to button each one, on you know without putting it on, so that you can put it on the hanger. But then you got to unbutton a couple and put them back up. That tiny, tiny daily inconvenience is completely mitigated mm-hmm. by his ability. Is it more like he just snaps his fingers and they're all buttoned, or he actually does the buttoning like the flash? Yeah, no, he does it like the flash. But his perception is still not that it's taking as long as it would take a normal person. I see. Interesting. (laughs) Is it because it's winter now and you've got a lot of a lot of layers? I am noticing that I having I'm having to pull other shirts out and then laundry. It's just taking a little bit longer on a thing that I don't want to be spending my time on. Just the, just those few seconds. You must. Did you? You because all my jeans are button fly. So you yeah, must there, hate that. You know, there's. Well, there is that. You know, I like the idea of the button fly, but there's a, you know, there's a longer. You know, I I don't have time to constantly seduce myself slowly <laughs> unbuttoning each one. All right. Okay. Uh, Jason Reinhardt, he he has sort of like. A spidey sense in that when he's about to do something or make a decision, a warning light goes off in his field of vision. Okay. So, like, maybe it's just a yellow light if it's not, you know, not that big a deal. But maybe it's a red light. He's about to make a really bad choice. Is the really bad decision. Is the warning light correct? Like, is yeah, it a dependable? It's, 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 it's dependable. Like, he's, he's like, I'm going to have... It's like it's like a closing time. He's really drunk. I'm gonna have one one more round. Yellow light goes off. Not a good idea. Not good. But other maybe maybe some sort of life choice. Like maybe I'm gonna quit my job to start my own company. In the middle of a financial crisis, mm-hmm. red light goes off. Don't do it. It's prescient. It knows what's it knows what's up. Now he may not he may not listen to it. But does he know he that it's does he know that it's 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 always right? He does, but the thing about people and Jason also is that you know sometimes you're like fuck you universe. I'm gonna I I'm gonna do it. Hmm. It's, an, it's most, I mean it is a very interesting treatise on the on the human will. But also also he's he's sort of learned over over the time that you know he should probably listen to the the sign. Mm-hmm. 
so he, he's got a warning. A, 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 some from some power in the universe warns him about his decisions. Fair enough. Uh, the next one up here, Rev. The I, I'm assuming. Otherwise, it's R3V, um, which would be different. Uh, he can understand and speak the Charlie Brown teacher adult language. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Clear as day. And he can speak oh. like that. It's so difficult like, to find other native speakers. Like Han Solo and Solo uh-huh. and speaking Wookiee? Yep. He sounds that ridiculous? Yes. <laughs> I've, I've blocked out the parts of that movie I don't like, which is only a couple. John Lewis. Um, He's a congressman. John, John Lewis. Uh, hopefully not the congressman. I mean, it'd be awesome. But yeah. Please, he's busier than I know, please, we're sorry uh he can sew anything to anything wow so i'd be threatening people all the time <laughs> cloth you kids gonna... shut up and sit down and i'm gonna sew your face to the couch i mean obviously <laughs> yeah he could mend your clothing mm-hmm. but he could he could sew metal to plastic faces to couches you know arms to cement it doesn't matter what the material is; he can sew it together. And it's it's how how good is that going to be? Because even buttons, it's an, ex, it's an expert sew, right? So it's not foolproof, but it's fairly dependable. Yeah, that's for sure. And he, you know, he he's real good at fixing buttons that fall off. Sure. Like if Kyle was well, too fast, that's the thing. Like Kyle's shirts on. are not necessarily made to withstand supersonic buttoning and unbuttoning. So Kyle should make friends with John. Uh huh. I'd be like, hey, buddy, I lost four. That's one of those things, though. Like, you get a text. He gets a text from Kyle, and he's like, oh, I'm not answering oh, this. God damn it. Last, this is the last time, Kyle. I've told you to slow down. <laughs> well, otherwise, I'm going to have to sew your face to the wall. <laughs> and you know I can do it. For just you can just sort of live with it for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I really like how that came around. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can go. And if you give it the $5 higher level, you can get your own superpower. Or just to give it any level, you can become a patron, do the patron pick, patron hangout, which will be coming up this month. All kinds of fun stuff happening there. What, is there anything else? There's other stuff. I, can't I mean, there is. Out. There's definitely other stuff. Um, there you go. So let's uh, let's do an email. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Tim from Seattle, Washington, says, "I've been working through my I've been working my way through Simonson's Thor, thanks to Josh's rec- recommendation. That's Walt Simonson. Uh, and fairly early in the run is a gag that caught me completely off guard. After losing his ability to turn into his alter ego, Donald Blake, Thor goes to Nick Fury for help with a secret identity. Fury puts him in normal clothes, but is concerned that he's too big and beautiful to pass as a normal person, and he gives him glasses to wear because, paraphrasing here, they always work for that other guy. Now let's go test it out at a press conference outside." Thor walks out, walks out the door and immediately bumps into Clark Kent, who drops all of his papers and then apologizes for being a klutz. If this p- p- appearance wasn't obvious enough, Lois Lane is also there and she calls him Clark. As Thor walks away, Clark looks over his shoulder and thinks, gee, that looked like could have been. I could have sworn. Nah. And I don't think that I've ever seen such a blatant cameo of a DC character in a Marvel universe or vice versa. Is this common and I've just never seen it because I'm too new to comics or is this something that was more common back in the day? The second one. There was always sort of this winking thing between Marvel and DC, and if, if you really drilled down into it, you could say that they existed in the same universe, sort of, because they mm-hmm. would constantly – this kind of thing would happen. But 
as we talked about with other subjects like official crossovers, number one, people in charge hate each other. Number two, they're now part of bigger conglomerates. I mean, DC was before, but they had a much more of an autonomy then. And uh, try getting that past a Marvel lawyer now. Yeah, and the, I mean, the value of the IP is is in a much different place now. Yeah. Um. So so there's there is that, and then the other thing to keep in mind here is that. Um, Walt Simonson um, is and has been married to Louise Simonson, who wrote Superman for a billion years. Yeah. Um, so there is there is that also. And, and, you know, Walt did his work over at DC, too. He's done The New Gods. He's done plenty of stuff there. But I would say that there used to be a more collegial attitude. Yeah. And a, and a wink and a wink and a nod. Like these are all sort of goofy fictional characters in this weird world. And, you know, one of my favorite things about the old Superman Spider-Man crossover was the implication that these characters were in the same world. They just didn't interact. Mm-hmm. Even though it doesn't make any sense as a kid, you can sort of wrap your head around it. And that happened. These, these little cameos happen a lot. They, they, it's especially true with Clark Kent in, in the Marvel universe. They, they, he, I've probably seen him the most in that, that era sort of be joked about. Um, and then it just, um, just sort I'm, of happened. Peter I'm, Peter Parker in the, in the DC universe sometimes. I was trying to think of other examples, but and this isn't exactly the same. But um, the the Wolverine had a very big part in Dave Sims' Church and State. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, and this is about the same era. Also, um, um, if you go to when Image launched and uh, oh yeah, the very early issue of Spawn. They had, you know, he had basically all these Marvel DC characters in jail, and it was, it was uh, the implication was that they were they were trapped, the creativity was trapped, and these characters were trapped, and and characters like Spawn, who were creator owned, were free, and uh, I mean, that that was much more lax up through the nineties. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think you'll still see it a little bit. There's, you know, there's there's there people are allowed to parody and do things like that, but uh, it's it's just not. It's not that world anymore, really. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it still happens. I mean, there's no secret too that, like, you know, every third superhero book is is an allegory, you know, of you know that other character. This is so and so's Superman story that he couldn't do as Superman, so it's something else. Alan Moore made a career out of that. Um, so I found I found a page on CBR while we were talking. Mm-hmm. Fifteen times Marvel and DC heroes secretly crossed over, basically, and the most recent one I see is 2011. The, the the in the Teen Titans book the the Xavier Mansion burned down. That's a very subtle one. They just drew it to look like that. But if you go to ninety two, you're looking at in a Hulk book he he punches Doomsday. Um, Nixie's Pitalik turns into the Impossible Man. Like they they just all kinds of things where they would just uh, they would just have fun with each other because they could. Yeah, and it, like it was a different time. You know, in the post eighty six world, um, everything started getting more serious. But there was a little while before it really took hold of everything. Here's a fun one. Ninety three, Kyle Rayner is in is in Greenwich Village and he asks someone for help with directions, and it's Wong. And Wong <laughs> says, "He's Wong says this in this neighborhood is a bit strange." <laughs> so I mean, they just you know, up through the nineties is basically is basically when you could do it. Yeah, but I mean, I bet I bet if you keep your eyes out, you'll see some version of it. How however yeah. subtle. Yeah. Good question. Oh, I remember that. Remember um in JLA, Grant Morrison, he the the White Martians killed all the heroes and and in the smoke one of them was Wolverine, one of them was Doctor Doom. I remember that one. I don't remember that, but I'm sure yeah. that yeah. 
And actually, this is a, they're showing the one that referenced in the email, the the Thor one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just it happened. It happened a lot more. It, it ended in the probably the early two thousands when they got when they when the new the new, the new leadership took over Marvel, and uh, they really did not. They don't like each other. Mm-hmm. Anymore. So there you go. If you would like to ask a question or send in a comment, uh, you can email us at contact at iPhoneboy.com. You can also send an audio recording, a voicemail there. Again, um, if you do that, make sure it's not too long because we can't play something that's really long. So um, keep that in mind. Um, and thanks for everybody who sent them in. We are trying to we try to get to as many as we can, but apparently we talk about books too much. Um, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So uh, this past month uh, was our, our book split on Superman Blue Volume 1. 300 plus pages of, uh, of wacky Superman adventure that we, we really enjoyed. Uh, if you haven't read that or, or you know, you, or you used to read it, I, we, you know, go take a look at it. Listen to that show. I think it's a really sort of fun look at, uh, at comics. Um, and we have an upcoming Talksplode this month. I don't have it completely nailed down yet, but I think I know who the guest is. Uh, they have agreed. Um, we just got to schedule it after. I don't know if you know, there's a big convention going on right now. Uh, and then <laughs> things calm down a little bit and we can fit that in. Sucking all the air out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't, it, I don't know what it is. Uh, last week we mentioned our old co-host Ron has a new podcast called Finale. Check it out at finalepodcast.com. It's where he and Carrie talk about a, a series finale TV show episode that he has watched the whole series season a series of and she's never seen before. And uh, they just did the Wonder Years, which I enjoyed quite a bit. But also I wanted to, we wanted to mention reiterate that there's the next three weeks in a row. This counting this week and the next two weeks after this, there's Comic book related stuff coming out. Venom is out in theaters right now. Next week, Titans premieres in the DC Universe app. And then a week after that, Daredevil season three happens on Netflix. There will be no shows in any of those for various reasons. <laughs> Christmas has been canceled. <laughs> we don't do TV shows anymore. Uh, Venom, we have zero interest in. And the reviews definitely put the... the yeah, if there, was, if there was a chance that it would have been not just a horrifying pain fest, I might have considered Life's short. It. Yep. It so really we'll we'll be back in December with special editions for Spider-Man into into the Spider-Verse and Aquaman. That's that's uh, those are we're looking forward to those. In the meantime, you can head over to ifanboy.com. You can find all of our podcasts, including our weekly pick of the week show and our books explode and our talks explode and our other special edition shows. Everything, including you can also go back and look, dig through if you're a new member, new listener. You don't know we used to do. It's been five years now, Josh. I realized that we've been done since we did the website, which is crazy, hmm. but. We for for 13 years we did a fully functioning website with tons of content and most of it's all still there at ifanboy.com. You can check it out. Uh, great articles and great columns and great goofy nonsense there, and it's all still some there for great. you. Some great, some were terrible. <laughs> we were learning. All over at ifanboy.com. Also, if you want to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out, like us on Facebook at facebook.com/ifanboy and follow us on Twitter at ifanboy, and you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram and at CS Kilpatrick on Instagram. I'm just saying if I was up for Supreme Court nomination and they pulled up some of my early reviews and asked me if I stood behind them, I don't know that I'd make it through the hearing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, if you dig the show, uh, you can write a review for us on iTunes or a star rating there. That's really helpful. But even better than that, um, if you let people know about uh, who, who might be into it, that uh, enjoy the kind of thing that we do or they're looking for something else or, you know, whenever I say, well, what are your favorite comic podcasts? Um, and most of the time people go, yeah, I, I know about that show. I, I know. It's, it's not for me. No. Um, but I, I, we always like seeing that. Um, that that's really helpful. Um, thank you, everybody. Do that. Tell, tell folks about it. Um, do your part. Do it now. That's your do job. Do your bit. Do it. Um, Queen and country. Buy war bonds. 
buy iFanboy bonds. We don't have we should, them yet. We should issue bonds. Yes, we should issue bonds. I think that sounds like a perfectly reasonable idea. Cryptocurrency. That's mm-hmm. that's still a thing, right? I don't know. I literally we do don't a, know. We should do an initial coin offering. Sure. All right, we'll get on that. Okay. Until that happens, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. No more talking. I don't talk about it, be about it. Every day I see cool. If I got it, then you know you got it. Heaven, I can reach you. Pet dog, pet dog, pet dog, my dog, that's all. Pick back and chat, I trap the back for y'all. I rap, I black on tracks, so I rest assured. My rights, my wrongs, I write till I'm right with God. When you know we've been hurt, been down before. When our pride was low, looking at the world like, where do we go? And we hate Pope Paul, wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. I'm at the preacher's door, my knees getting weak and my gun might blow up.